when you want to start a business, you keep self-sabotaging because subconsciously you believe it's going to cause a lot of conflict. And so when we start to unravel some of this stuff, it becomes so incredibly freeing. And you can realize yeah. what you just said is that the limitations are just self-imposed and literally anything that you wanted is available to you. Hey parents, welcome back to Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for parenting out of the box. We are going to school this, this week, y'all. I'm pretty excited. We have Miss Jen Rafferty with us today. Jen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, girl, thank you for spending your evening with me here on the uh, the East Coast. I'm so excited to delve into what you do. Guys, Jen is a, um, she she's the owner of Empowered Educator, and she focuses on the emotional and mental well-being of the adults in our school system, which is such an incredible underserved population. My mom's actually a teacher, so I can absolutely understand the uh, what people go through. So yeah, I'm really excited to get your perspective and learn about you. So I appreciate you being here. Yes, I'm excited to get going. This is a great and very important conversation. Good. Yeah, uh, for sure. And as especially as you've seen, like a lot of people moving away from the school system. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. So this is going to be a juicy one. Um, if you don't mind, I always like to ask how you show up on purpose in your life. I found a common thread for our speakers that they do a lot of things a little differently and a lot of things intentionally. So if you don't mind, just give a quick intro. What's one thing that you do, Jen, to show up on purpose in your life? And then we'll, we'll delve into the topic. Oh, I love that question. Well, for me, this was a skill. And I think that's really important because I think in answering this question, it's really easy to start judging. Like, I, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. This is something I didn't know how to do either. I didn't even know that what on purpose and intentional meant in the way that I do now. And so I want to put that caveat in there because this is a skill that isn't inherent. So whatever it looks like for you, it could be different. For me, though, it, it looks like slowing down and being really in touch with my body mm. and how my physical being reflects the way that I'm feeling. And when I start to notice that things are a little bit out of whack or not aligned, I purposely take a moment to regulate so I can check in with myself, move from that stress state or that state of protection that my body is communicating to me into a very mm. intentional state of safety and performance. So. I can move forward with the things that I want to do in this world and show up as my best self as often as possible. That's so good. I have a similar practice in my life and I'm probably not nearly as far down as you are. So I can tell you it is time consuming and at times infuriating, but so amazing and juicy. Um, so what does that look like for you? Like when you take a second to slow down, what are the thoughts that you have to like um, frame for yourself so that you can move on in an impactful way? Sure. Well, what that logistically looks like is I actually have in my phone four to five alarms that I set every single day. Sometimes it's five, like in the summer, it's five. That's <laughs> um, awesome. But during during some some other times, it's four. And I I honor that when that alarm goes off, I stop what I'm doing and I do three rounds of a box breath, which is, you know, I'm sure that you're familiar with a box breath. It's in for four, pause for four, exhale for four, pause for four. And in those moments of interruption of my day, it's not only a way to calm my nervous system down to create that safety again and yeah. raising my conscious awareness, I'm, I'm interrupting my autopilot. I'm interrupting mm -hmm. my default to go back to old habits, old, old ways of being, old routines, old thought patterns that aren't serving me anymore. And if I don't interrupt it. I'll just continue to be the same person I've always been. But in this journey that I'm on of intentional living, or as you say, you know, parenting on purpose or being purposeful with your life, you have to interrupt your autopilot because For nothing sure. changes if nothing changes and you can't change something you don't notice. So it's the noticing that's really important. So those breathing alarms serve a really important purpose for me that so remind me to stop what I'm doing, regulate, get back into a safety state where my body mind is happy and have this moment of awareness of, am I feeling so great or am I not? And then I can move on to do something consciously. And it's such a practice, right? There's so many times in my day with my kids or at work and you're just on this autopilot is the best word for it, where you're just running a program and you have to really 
like say, is this like, is this a direction I want the plane to go? <laughs> like I need to course correct if you want a different result. So I love that you highlighted that. The work you do is inspiring to me, Jen, in like a few ways. One, we pulled up my daughter out of the school system right after COVID. Um, she came to us with incredible skills. And as soon as I realized in like the later elementary, early middle school years that those skills were being super outshined by the things she wasn't good at, I was like, all right, the damn box needs to go away because I'm not going to allow her to grow up in a world where she doesn't feel special because she's freaking remarkable. And I just can't, it just broke my heart to have to pick either I have to squish you into this stupid ass box or we just need to figure out to break the damn box because I'm done. So that's one. And then two, I feel like the basis of the work you do and the self-care and love aspect is so transferable to parenthood. And the way that we show up for our parents, it's literally the same thing. I mean, parents and educators are the main ones shaping our children's lives. And what this journey has taught me anything, it's like I need to self-parent way more than I parent parent. Um, so like, I'm just super excited to get into it. Uh, I usually, I start with like, go through the background, but like my intuition is telling me like, just to jump right in full fledged with you and just be like, what are you learning right now about what's going on in the school system? What's holding teachers back? Um, where's the big disconnect? Uh, and you can take that to parenthood or teaching or wherever, and we're just going to start playing with it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Let's dive in. <laughs> I, I fully on board with that. So I, I want to be clear about my definition of educator, first of all. And okay. in my world, an educator is anybody who has contact with kids. So it's if you're, if it's parents, it's aunts and uncles and grandparents, as well as the more formal roles that we play in the classroom and in these school structures. So this work is applicable to everybody because the truth is we so often focus all of our time, energy, attention, money, to, towards our children. And it's well-intended, right? I mean, of course, we, we love them and we want what's best for them. And in doing so, we've created a culture in which martyrdom and selflessness mm. is something that we revere, right? You know, this idea that you self-sacrifice for the people you love is something that we wear as a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we end up feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's nothing good that comes out of continuously pouring from an empty vessel. And yes. we try and try, and then we feel guilty. And then we feel more shame because we're not living up to other people's expectations. And we're not honoring these traditions. And we're looking over here at this person who seems to have it all together and look how great she looks on Instagram. And why <laughs> don't I have my life together? You know, I mean, these are all very real things. Why do I find myself eating Nutella at 10 p.m.? Never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes, that might have been my night uh, a little while ago. But, you know, either way, you you are fine the way you are, first of all. And second of all, no one's taught us any other way. And that's part of the bigger problem here. We are living in a system and trying to solve problems within the system, and we are unable to because we are pointing at all of the external things of, of the things that are broken. And there are so many things that are broken. There are very real problems mm -hmm. within the organizational structures of our schools, you know, starting with pay, start, yeah. you know, with, you know, over extended teachers with time, with no resources, with overflowing classrooms, with increased student disciplinary referrals. And, you know, I have to say here, all the politics that are around education, it is not an easy time yeah, to, be a teacher. to be an educator right now. No. So we point to all of these external things and say, see, this is why we're unhappy. And yes, there is anger and rage that needs to be expressed. However, the problems aren't going to be fixed by pointing outward. We actually need to take a, a breath <laughs> and realize that we can't solve any problems if we are in a survival state. If we are in this protective mode where your brain is literally thinking you're being chased by a bear, exactly. you don't have access to the part of your brain that's responsible for higher order thinking and problem solving and creativity and prioritization. How can we possibly solve problems if we can't think straight? Exactly. And so the work that I'm doing right now is showing teachers, educators, parents, a way for them to regulate, 
for them so to good. navigate their circumstances and for them to understand how their brain works so wow. they can use it to their advantage and yes. move through this world with peace, more calm, more ease and feeling amazing every single day. Oh, there's so much I want to play with here. This is so good. Like I'll, I'll start with a story. Like I always go to pick up my son from um, daycare. He goes two, two times a week. And like, I look at these ladies and they're amazing. They're so amazing. They show up, they do their best. And it's like, you know, they're just doing their absolute best. And it's like, my heart is so empathetic because I can just imagine being in a room full of like three-year-olds and like how challenging that is. And I, I just know what they're going through. And there are just people who are, just great at that, right? Like they are meant to do this, but you think about, and I'm a business, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business minded person. What the hell type of incentive are we giving these people? Like, yes, you feel it in your heart that you're great and that's a calling for you. And I understand that, but we have to still as a society incentivize people who are doing the majority of their like helping rear our children and enforce our values when we're not around, especially if we, you know, in m most homes of the people listening to this, you know, they're one or both parents have traditional jobs and they're not there for their children all the time. Um, it's just, it's so evident in every facet of school, right? And I think there's a lot of great things about school, but I love your mission and the fact that you're really heart centered and bringing everyone into their higher order of thinking. You probably know this. I mean, the Einstein kind of theology of you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that caused the problem, which is exactly what you're saying. You're using a you know, 2000 year old reptilian brain and you're not tapping into the uh, higher cognitive function. Or if you're an Alex Hermosi person, right, you're like you're a level uh, we're level 10 people, but we're thinking it like with level two cognition or the way I like to play with Alex Hermosi for parenthood. You have level 10 kids, but you're being a level two parent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, there's a mismatch. There's a mismatch. And and we haven't been taught. That. I mean, that's part of this. You know, we, we get to a certain age and we're expected to just like go adult now. <laughs> Good yes. luck with that. Love that journey for you. And and there are skills that we can learn to make this adulting a whole lot easier. And the truth is your biggest tool sits in between your ears. And we have, unless you seek it out, we have no training about how this works. Exactly. And so once you understand how to navigate your thoughts, understand that you're not your brain, you're a person who has a brain, you can start to rewire it in ways that actually serve you. So you don't feel that depletion, that burnout, that exhaustion and overwhelm, because the truth is our kids are watching us. Yes. They're watching all of the adults in their lives, normalizing burnout. And that's the first thing. And the second thing is when we do feel this way, we don't have the capacity to hold space for them, especially when they need us the most. And we're, and you said it so perfectly. We're focusing on the wrong shit. Like I, had, I was talking to a friend of mine. She's, uh, she's kind of a friend of my daughter. She's like in her twenties. She's such a sweet kid. And they just came back from Thailand and she's very plugged in. And she's like, it's really interesting to me. She's not a mom. She's in her twenties, right? Young girl um, before like getting into the adulting phase. And she's like, I watch the kids. The kids there seem so much happier. In America, we would perceive their li livelihoods and the way they live as total poverty, right? Like the type of homes, the non-use of electronics and things and toys, but they're so happy. And I, and I was just interested. I'm like, so tell me more about what does that mean to you? She's like, well, I noticed they don't, the parents aren't money focused. They're not focusing on going to get the next thing, the next level, the next this. They're not, they're really just present. And that wholeness generates this, like, it, it like permeates the family unit where there's not a hurry or a rush or this is my allocated time with you. And man, like just hearing her talk about that, Janet, like healed something in my heart. It also made me feel like, oh God, I'm doing this wrong. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it is all about finding peace, but I, I feel like that's what you are highlighting. We're, we're really focusing on what we think is the right thing. But if you dial back to the why you're doing it, it goes back to some crappy conditioning when you were a kid and some bell rang. So you had to like go in between classrooms and it's not, it's not serving you. It's not a life giving subconscious practice. It's just something that we haven't been taught to, 
identify and change. Are you, do you ever, do you follow like Abraham Hicks at all? Have you ever heard any? Okay. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept of like the true North and like when you're not on your true North, your body just screams. You don't know why you're, it's just telling you like you are freaking off course here, course correct. And it's like, it's like our, our souls know what feels good. And if, you know, if we don't listen to it, the signs get louder and louder until we have dis-ease in our bodies. Right. So I love everything you just said. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and our body talks to us all the time. We're just terrible listeners. <laughs> we're we're terrible listeners. And part of it to go back to your story and to kind of underscore your point there is the metrics are different. Right? You know, if we think about if, if you're really honest with yourself and, and don't say the answers that you think we want to hear, right? If you're sitting in your car listening to this or on your walk listening to this podcast, what's really important to you? What matters? What are the metrics that you determine make you successful? Love. And I'm sure it has something to do with productivity, money, um, some sort of abundance or, you know, all of all of these external, very tangible things. And what happens is when we we create a conditional system that only allows us to feel a certain way if something external happens we can only feel as good or as bad as the last perceived thing that has was in our reality so we're just kind of bouncing around from thing to thing like oh someone said thank you to me after class i feel great and then you walk down the hall and your administrator doesn't say hello to you and then you feel like crap all of a sudden and then all of a sudden you hit every green light and then you feel amazing and then you get <laughs> home and the dog threw up all over the living room and now you're not great anymore i mean that is an emotional roller coaster that we're on yes. because we never yes. we never knew that there was another way that you can actually create your own internal environment and how you want to feel regardless mm -hmm. of what's happening externally and that in and of itself that skill is very powerful but again until we have adults practicing this work our kids are not getting the message amen to that all right so i have a question but i want to i want to um highlight something you said that i loved yeah. so I, I i've learned about it as like managing your mind um right like all the successful people at any facet of life that we revere and respect, they've really learned to like keep it, you know, 70 and sunny in their brains, even when shit's going really bad. Um, and they're able to really focus in on that to have that, that space holding for the people around them. And then it turns the tide so much faster because obviously we're energetic beings, right? Hello, we create our reality. I think most people on this podcast understand that. Um, and then they're able to do it so much faster because they're on board. In the business world, we look at this as radical responsibility, right? Obviously, you're an entrepreneur. Like, in order to move forward in business, you have to take responsibility for everything. Um, one of the things that made us do this podcast is, and I'll just be so vulnerable and honest, is I am married to my husband and I, I'm in love with him. We are great friends. And we both realized there was a level of us, both, we held ourselves back from success because we didn't want to have shitty marriage because we were scared about stuff we saw. And then we realized that that's not reality. That's a perceived limitation. We need to take radical responsibility for the thoughts we allow that come through our brain, just as we all take radical responsibility for the way our kids turn out, just as we take radical responsibility for, you know, our family finances, all of that. And it's amazing how that one thing can lead into so many things, right? It's like a microchasm, but it's all the same lesson, which I think is freaking awesome. The universe is so cool that way. All right, here's my question. You're the right person. I've been wanting to ask someone this for forever. You all know the moment when you're journaling. And you're like, I want a Maserati and I want a house in Italy and I want to own a yacht. And you're like, none of that makes me happy. I really just want peace. And like, you're like delving it back down. All right. Like I need someone to help me call the bullshit on this, Jen, because it's like, yes, I really want to feel the peace, but I want to know that I have, like, for me, it's potentiality. And I think this will resonate with people. I, I know none of those things cause that inner that inner happiness, the way you're mentioning, right? Like I know those are all reflections, but to me as a creator in this world, it, it, it kind of goes Harry Potter. It makes me feel like I'm a powerful ass creator. It makes me feel like I could do some cool shit in a way that's going to impact other people, not just for my selfish reasons, right? A lot of the goals that we want obviously involve helping others. 
How do you help people with that when they're realizing, okay, they want to delve it back down to, it's not really the external stuff. It really is having the internal peace of mind and, and presence and happiness with oneself. But there's always something there that, because I think we're, we're creators. That's what we're meant to do. That's why we're here. So I need someone to like help me with this because I've always been so perplexed by that. It's like, we want the internal peace, but we need to do in order to feel it. <laughs> Such a great question. So I mean, what you're really talking about is manifesting, right? I mean, you know, manifesting what you want into your perceived reality. Exactly. We're just attracting. We're just, you know, it's just living, right? Because it's all yeah. going to flow in. Yeah. So it's, this is great <laughs> because this is something that I actively work on every day with my meditation. And the truth is you can have anything you want, However, you have to be able to raise your emotional vibration to be a matched frequency for said thing. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll use your example of the Maserati and the yacht, right? For me, it was a lot of travel. You know, I came from my previous marriage. I couldn't really travel at all and, you know, went after the divorce, that was something that was very important to me, right? And at that time, I was a single mom, you know, on unemployment because I didn't know what I was going to do with myself and like all the, you know, so how am I going to generate yes, exactly. you know, all of these things, right? And for me, those visualizations come from connecting with a future version of me mm -hmm. where I can very clearly see the version of me who has all those mm -hmm. things. And when I imagine me having the things, it's not the things that I'm focusing on in this visualization and, and meditation. I am envisioning and actively feeling what it yeah, feels yeah. like when I'm in those situations. So what I'm doing is, and I'm sure you've listened to Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's, oh, you know, yeah, for he's, sure the guy for this, um, you know, when you are teaching your body the emotional frequencies of the future that you want, for you sure. then become the exact match for said thing. Mm -hmm. So it isn't actually about the thing. Eve, I mean, taking a step back, it's really easy to be like, but the thing, <laughs> right? But, but the it, car, but the trip, but the- But it is the vibrational resonance yeah. of the thing, which is so cool. Right, which is why, again, everything starts back to you because I will tell you the person who I was, right, on the, the day I'm sobbing on my couch after I resigned from my job thinking, what the hell did I just do? You know, I'm, I'm, I've been a teacher my entire life. I thought I was going to do this my whole career. And now I just resigned to be an entrepreneur. How am I going to feed my kids? Like that woman could not be the woman who owned the company, who was on the TEDx okay. stage, who did the traveling, who, who got her dissertation, who got her doctorate degree, who, you know, that, that person on that couch sobbing was an important part of my journey. And I need to elevate my emotional frequency in a way that was a match for the things that I actually wanted. And it okay. always comes back to me and doing the work. And that's the self-work that you are now teaching our, and empowering our educators with. And goodness, think about what ripple effect that's going to have. Yes. So I will say, I will put a small caveat in there that the work that I was, we were just talking about, um, that is like pretty advanced mindset work that happens for the folks who have gone through programs of mine, several iterations. We don't start off there. <laughs> That's what I want. Sign me up for that one. I'm all about Joe Dispenza. I love his stuff. Yes, yes, yes. We we get there. And so if you're a teacher listening, or you're you know a parent listening, and you're like, oh wow, that's intense. It is intense, and we we progress in a way that makes sense, right? We need to understand first of all the value of meditation, yeah. practicing meditation, getting your body comfortable and feeling safe, being still. Mm. If you're somebody who's hustle and bustle and moving around all the time, like I was. Even slowing down and sitting my butt down for five minutes felt was really profoundly uncomfortable so and scary. Yeah. There was no way I was now, you know, yeah, I can sit and do a 40 minute meditation. No problem. That was not me several years ago. I could not even sit down for 60 seconds. It was too much. So we need to start somewhere.
I really, what I really like about this is you can dial this back to where anyone is, right? I, I've talked to so many of our incredible parents that listen to this male and female. We are like an even split. And like, I know dads that are, have a side hustle and a job and they're, you know, they're just trying to show up and be freaking awesome men for their, for their families and be that divine masculine and lead in a, a loving, supportive way. Or the mom who is a single mom who has three children and, you know, she's out there tutoring and doing a bunch of different things and she's just looking for different ways to make it work. But at the, the core of it, I believe is like, we feel like there's a potentiality within us the same way you felt it. Something made you feel like, even though this feels like absolute crap right now, I know like there's just something in me. I know something greater. There's a seed there. And that's why this feels like crap. If this was all I was, I would be super happy here. I'd be like, put on the sweatpants and get me the ramen. Let's go. But let's, let's go binge watch Outlander. Um, also never something I've done. But, um, but like, that's, that doesn't feel good to us because we have something in there we want to grow. And that is like the real juice of this podcast is having amazing people like you on, not only for a moment of shared space, but also to help motivate our parents that if this is where I sit right now and Jen is the right person, I now have a form to reach out to her and figure out what that next level is. I'm a big capacity person. I believe we have to take the emotional step first to allow the space for the universe, the space, there's Joe Dispenza, to allow the space for the universe to give us something to then take that next step. It's not just gonna drop it in your lap. You have to get really freaking uncomfortable. When you were talking about your story, I thought everything we want is right on the edge of our most uncomfortable thoughts and our most uncomfortable um, fears. We just have to step into it to like, see, it's not, to your point, it's not scary. I can close my eyes. Nothing is gonna hit me upside the head. Yeah, be in a safe place when you meditate. <laughs> It'll help. It'll help the yes, but it but it is it is doing the work and doing the work with a coach who can reflect you back to you and doing the work within community because that's how we grow and expand yes. in a way that's that's meaningful and, and sustainable. And to go back to your example, you know, of, of you saying how you were in a marriage, but you know, we're un, we're we're afraid to go there with business because of what it might mean about the marriage, right? That is a beautiful moment to reflect on like, okay, well, what am I making this mean? Where did I learn this? Exactly. Where did I learn that? Have You can't have it all. And that is a beautiful moment of clarity for you to get curious about, oh, okay, well, my parents XYZ or my mom's friend XYZ or so-and-so used to fight about money all the time when I was a kid. So of course you have this inner belief that money is scary and not for you and causes people to fight. That makes total sense that now when you want to start a business, you keep self-sabotaging because subconsciously you believe it's going to cause a lot of conflict. And so when we start to unravel some of this stuff, it becomes so incredibly freeing. And you can realize yeah. what you just said is that the limitations are just self-imposed and literally anything that yeah. you wanted is available to you. It, it really is like we have no boundaries. Like we have no freaking boundaries. Like I saw this way, way crazy video the other day of somebody in the mountains, like some monk floating. And I'm like, this shit is nuts, but I like, I believe that shit's possible. Like I really do. I'm that kind of person. Like, like I, I am like super Harry Potter vibes. Um, I'm like, that's, that's definitely real. But, <laughs> but I love what you said because it makes it accessible. And I want to ask you for, um, some clarity or maybe some practical tips for people doing the inner work, but I'm a huge proponent of coaching. I, I think you have to, like I said, you have to get the coach if you, and you, why would you not, right? If you have the means and the energetic, um, like the money, which I just consider energy to exchange for that knowledge. And that, um, to me, it's like even moments like this, or when I, when I confer with my coaches, the energetic transfer there is so fun. I just feel so lit up by those moments. And then you can go out in life. So I have a question about starting that practice, but I did want to highlight something you said. It is very interesting if you can come to your, come at your children with a very blank slate and you start to realize what are the self-imposed limitations you're putting on them based on what you have. Um, and for me, I, I'm the type of person I'm kind of motivated by the nightmare as much as the dream. So when I see my kids start to, which is why I ripped Shekinah out of the school system, I'm like, nope, no, we're not going to, that, that is not a belief we're going to have in this family. Absolutely not. <laughs> we're out of here. Don't know where we're going. She was literally not in school for a month as we figured it out. And she's fine. 
<laughs> they didn't come take her. Um, but I was like, I don't know where you're going, but you're not going here. I'm done. Um, so motivated by the nightmare. <laughs> but um, what I was going to ask is like, when you come to your, when you come to your life and you give yourself moments to pause, which is I think what meditation does for many people, you're like, wow, my kids really skirt around the conversation of money or they don't ask questions about that. Or when I'm bringing this up, they start to do this. What what ramifications will that have and just get curious with it and then you can like play with it and ask them and i've always loved to ask kids instead of like answering questions like when they ask me a question i love to ask a question because i just want to hear i want i want to build my bridge to them versus the other way and just learn and it tells me so much more about me it's like what you said earlier when you're pointing your finger at somebody else you have three pointing back at you that happens in curiosity as well when you ask questions and you extend a bridge you learn so much more about the frame of reference, because to your point, one, everything is possible. Two, we're all very unique individuals and our experiences are so vast. There's no right. You just have to, you know, the community piece. So I love your work, girl. So freaking awesome. All right. So bring us back to some of the tips that you help people with educators and parents and um, when they're starting their journey in order to get to a place where they are much more at homeostasis and equilibrium so they can approach the world in um, a more like life-giving way. Yeah, so that's a great question. And I, and I do want to mention the thing that you, you alluded to before with making connections with kids and putting your own limitations on them. You are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're human. Like that's, that is going to happen and that is okay. And the best way that you can serve your kids in any capacity is do the inner work, period. Mm -hmm. Embody the work embody it and asking questions and getting curious about where they're at building bridges absolutely and inner work that's awesome. it because you teach by example so as far as the the actual practices you know i mentioned this before honestly the best and easiest thing that you can do for yourself right now is get into your phone and put in four alarms and honor them when they go off so you know if you're doing a morning routine great. That's awesome. But if you don't do anything throughout the day, nothing mm -hmm. is going to change. I don't care what kind of yoga class that you go to twice a week or the gratitude practice you have at dinner and the kale juice that you drink during the day. None of that matters. If you're you watching me, Jen, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so now you get to add to your routine of this beautiful interruption that you, that you get. So Four alarms, you know, one sometime in the morning, one late out, late morning, one early afternoon, one maybe early evening, late afternoon. And when that goes off, stop what you're doing, do three rounds of that box breath and just notice. And you might feel more relaxed, which is amazing because that's just a, a side effect of this. That's not the whole point. You might feel a little sleepy. It probably means you need a little more sleep. But what we're really doing is we're bringing your prefrontal cortex back online. You are regulating your nervous system. So you are out of a survival state and into a safety state. Because let's be honest, we wake up feeling activated every single day because all we have to do is just look on Instagram or your kid's crying or somebody needs something or you turn on the newt, whatever it is, we're activated. And wow. so we are regulating our system so we feel safe, raising our consciousness so we can make a new choice that is aligned. And when you do this consistent, consistently, you are actively rewiring your brain so that those old patterns and neural pathways okay. that no longer serve you are going to become weaker and weaker and you're creating other new, stronger neural pathways. You're a fantastic student. I'll let Joe know that you're crushing it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You, were, you mentioned earlier the reactive and the, you know, I, I, as you spoke about the, like the educator walking through the hallway, I just saw like a bob on the water. <laughs> like it goes up when the tide goes up and down when the tide goes down. And this is the practice to start to not have that reactivity in your life. This is that practice that gets you into a place where one, you start to decide, hey, it's going to be 80 and sunny no matter what. And also as you mentioned your journey and how you understood that that person wouldn't be the person who is now, you know, the success and the impactful um, teacher that you are. And that's the beginning parts of those bridges. Those are those first few steps 
to really help you get into a place where you can start to feel like that better version of yourself. Uh, and I know meditation and self-work means a lot of different things to people. Um, so I really appreciate the specific example of the box breaths. I think that's awesome. Um, when you say self-work, I think that would be awesome to clarify what that means. When you say parents, the best thing you can do is the self-work. So if they implement box breaths, what else does self-work entail? Because you highlighted some really powerful stuff earlier, like getting curious to your limiting beliefs, find out where they came from. But I definitely think it's worth playing with. Yeah. So uh, one, another really easy, tangible thing, because I mean, we could go on forever talking about how this, how you can do this, but for the purpose of this podcast, it gets another real good tangible out of this, um, is notice your internal dialogue and the words that are coming out of your mouth. We underestimate every single word that comes out of your mouth. And so, you know, we can't see our thoughts, but we can hear our words. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying things, especially like, well, I really should be, or, you know, I shouldn't be, or I'm supposed to, that is a beautiful moment of awareness of self-judgment that's happening because shoulds, supposed tos, all come from a place of judgment. And if you were to really get curious about it mm -hmm. and ask yourself, whose should is this? It's probably not yours. It might be your mom's. It might be a grandparent. It might be tradition. And, you know, in my world, I like to say that tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, you know, when, when you're really thinking about, well, do I actually want to do this thing? You know, I, for example, I, I, I love this. Okay. I used to hate going swimming with my kids. I just didn't like doing it. And there, you know, I, I was married at the time and we'd all be like, we'd all go to like the pool together. You know, there was like the, the community pool. It was like a thing that we would do in the winter because in New York it's cold. There's not much to do outside. <laughs> so, you know, we'd, we'd go to this, this one place and um, I, I hated it. And so there was a huge part of me that it was like, well, I really should go because that's what good moms do. And I'm going to, I guess, go swimming. And I wouldn't feel good. I would, I don't, I didn't like the chlorine. It would bother my eyes. My skin would be all irritated, but I would do it anyway because I thought I was supposed to. And so what happened was when I realized, okay, you know what? I'm not going to go. <laughs> you go with your dad. I'm going to sit home and read for an hour. I was able to show up as such a better mom when they got home because I was aligned with who I wanted to be and yeah, the the choice that I was making to go do something that I really didn't want to do was a should that I had in my brain of what someone else told me was my responsibility as a mom and yeah. it's a it's a lot it's a lie right it's a complete fabrication there are no rules and the best thing that you can do the most generous thing you can do for your kids is take care of yourself. And sometimes that means I'm not going swimming with you guys tonight, no. <laughs> you know? And so paying attention to when those words pop up in nice. your inner dialogue or when you're speaking is a really good tangible thing to kind of latch onto and start yeah. getting curious about. It's a great barometer, right? The temperature gauge for, for where you are. We had this, um, this lady who's going to be a guest on our a podcast and she talks about like it's spell casting. When you write and you speak, you're literally casting a spell. You are you, like the energy behind each letter. And she's all about calligraphy. And it is some cool stuff, man. It is very cool. Um, and you're so right. Like everything we do holds power. And once you, it, it, this is a process, right? Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm somewhere at the beginning of the journey, but once you get a handle on the awareness piece, you can start to replace thoughts. And then you're like, oh, yes. Like, cause first, for, first, at least for me, you notice like shit kind of slip by and you're like, oh, damn you. I thought about it, but I'm not going to give you any more clout. I release you to the universe and I'm going to think something better. <laughs> and then you do, but you know, several iterations of that occur. And then you're like, mm, you know, I'm going to think a better thought. And then you start to latch on to better decisions. And then you can watch yourself reacting in a more holistic way where you're not pair print triggered and you're not going through those. You're more regulated, right? To, to put it to, you know, talk about what you said. So there's a beginning step here. Obviously you have done this practice for a long time. So it is easy for you to get curious because you will have the awareness. 
help help connect the bridge for us on how to start getting that awareness because I think that is what people it's intangible for some people when you're starting because you're just like you're the person who sits down for 30 seconds and you're already itching yourself and you're like running, you're not giving yourself that space. So what are some like, you know, what can people expect? I need to meditate for a certain amount of days or this practice needs to at least have a chance to take a foothold so I can start to get the space to have that awareness. Now I feel like Joe Dispenza. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's good. It's good. You know, uh, the, the thing that's, I think the most important is consciously, Actually, I'm going to back up. The first thing you need to do is commit. Who do you want to be? Yes, girl. Yes. And if, if who you are right now is in perfect alignment with all of the things that you've ever wanted, great. And if it's not, which I'm going to guarantee that it's not because we are humans on this journey and the, this is the journey. The journey never ends, right? We're always mm-hmm. expanding and growing or we're dying. Mm-hmm we have an opportunity to commit to this future version of ourselves who has done all the things, who has experienced all of the things, who has had the most incredible impact on this world because your impact is directly related to your own ability to grow and expand, period, and heal. That's it. You cannot have the impact in this world, in your work, in your family, in your kids' lives, if you are not doing, this is that inner work again, of healing to and growing and healing and growing and healing and growing. This is the work. And to yep. be clear, it doesn't always feel good. Like this is another part of this too, right? Well, they we call talk, it inner work. <laughs> right. I mean, we, we talk about being able to choose empowering thoughts and, and regulating our system and we also need to feel our feelings if we're feeling rage we need to express that Mm -hmm. if we're feeling resentment we need to process that if we're feeling incredible anger and depression and grief then all of those things need to come out because that's part of the problem we were never taught how to process emotions in a way that was safe and healthy and productive so we just zhuzh them down and that's what causes more and more of the stress and then disease and illness so yes the meditation yes the slowing down yes the feeling of the feelings and they all tie back the reason why we're doing all of this is because of your commitment to who Mm -hmm. you want to be and if you're not committed to that well then none of this is going to take work oh i love that you went there because that's the radical responsibility and to use your word and you're not that person that um future version of yourself if you cannot show up yes and if there's a, a time where it doesn't, you slip, then I love also the way that you said that's a great opportunity to get curious as to why. And I can use this in my own life with like, you know, silly things like macro counting. And again, it all goes back when I really get curious. Like, I think we're all kind of psychotic, by the way, or maybe it's just me, because I'm like, oh, well, I'll do this, but I, I don't want to have a perfect body because if I have a perfect body, then I'm going to have this expectation to live up to. I'm like, oh, freaking idiotic is that? What the hell? And it's like, these are freaking thoughts that we think, y'all. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Um, yeah, but but your, your brain's function is to produce thoughts. Your eyes blink, your heart beats, your lungs breathe, your brain produces thoughts. And if you were to attach to every single stupid thought you thought, we would be psychotic. But you have this ability to objectively be like, hmm, this is interesting and not serving me. So no, thank you. And that's, that is the skill. That is the work. That's the watcher, right? That's what they talk about meditation. You get to be the gatekeeper of your reality. Like if you were to think about, oh, an elephant, then boom, an elephant popped into your awareness. Like we would be like freaking Looney Tunes. So you have the ability to say, hmm, letting that one go, thinking about that one, really going to hone in on that. But I love the curiosity because it helps you really understand where you're at. And for, at least for my journey, there's so many different ways to do inner work. And, but like some people, are do good when writing, like writing out and journaling their thoughts helps them to say what's coming up right now. How do I feel about this? And looking at it actually coming out of their body on paper is a, it's a low level, but it's still a manifestation of the thing. And then even crossing it out or, or blowing it up, like they're putting energy into the action to then become that next version of themselves. So I, w- I just thought, yeah, you gave a great answer. I appreciate the clarity because I think what I, 
you, you know how it is in, in the self-betterment realm. There's like these, these words that can mean so many different things. And I do believe words are very important, but they have different associations to different people, especially based on where you're at. So it's always yeah. good to kind of vet through that a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so I'd love to, I'd love to kind of uh, wrap up with maybe one or two things that are just on your heart, understanding that our audience is parents, um, not just parents, but badass parents who are showing up for themselves and want to unleash that future version of them so that they can be and feel just freaking awesome in their skin. And they can also feel like they're being good examples for their kids. Any last things you would like to share there would be amazing. Yeah, sure. Um, the things that are coming up for me, I think, first of all, to go back to what we were saying about having a coach, I was actually interviewing a parent coach on my podcast just yesterday. Awesome. And one of the things we talked about is, you know, we, we don't know how to be parents. Same thing as like adulting, right? We grow up and we're like, go ahead, be an adult. And being a parent is sometimes one of the biggest bait and switches there is. <laughs> it's like, have kids. It's going to be great. And it's like, wait, what? What's, what's happening here? What What is this world that I've just been thrust into? And <laughs> Thrust is an appropriate word. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we we need we need support, and sometimes when we come across someone who's a parent coach, your ego is going to have something to say about it. And you know, well, I don't need a, a, co a parent coach. You know, what does that mean about me if I'm asking for help with my parenting? And what I'm going to offer here is that is a story, and that is not true, whatever meaning you're placing on that. And that's a beautiful opportunity to become aware and get curious of, well, what, what am I making this mean? And seek support. We all need mm -hmm. it. We don't yeah. live in a world where we can do this on our own. We weren't supposed to do this on our own. Right. We used to be tribal. It took a village. Yes. yes. Now we're and, in the room. <laughs> right. These, right. And these like nuclear families that we have right now are not necessarily serving us because yeah. it's very isolating, especially in this post COVID world, we are even more isolated than before. So drop your ego, promote your soul and reach out to folks who are going to support you in this very important journey that you have with your young children. So that's the first thing. The I second like thing I want to say is that it is very easy to continue through this life thinking you are just not doing enough. And this saying is on my desk. I look at it every day that enough is a decision. It is not an amount. And the only person that gets to decide when it's enough is you. That's awesome. Period. Yeah. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very powerful. Right. gives me heart flutters every time I say, it. and like, I look at it every day, but that is important. So if it's enough, it's enough. And you don't need, you know, a tretus explaining yourself to anybody. <laughs> that's it. Mm -hmm. You are enough. And that's the end. I love it. And it, it really goes, comes down again to like being the captain of your ship because you're deciding, right? I think balance is a crock of shit. I I've always said that, like I have a whole YouTube video that I haven't posted yet because I'm editing it, but it's all about balance being a total fallacy. It's so farce. Like, even if you look at the most balanced examples on our, you know, planet, like you could say, oh, nature has balance. Well, nature is incredibly destructive. And for a great reason, it's through that, you know, fire and death that life is birthed. But that, is that balance? Or the ballerina, have you looked at a ballerina's feet? It's the, it's the illusion of balance that is really like the root of that is extremely hard work in multiple different directions to cause counterbalance. And I think when we run toward balance, we're really running away from the peace that we are hoping we cause. And I, I'm going to start using that with everyone in my life. Um, I invite you to get curious <laughs> about. So I think that's so good that you say that. I'm like, you know, I'm going to start using that in my vernacular. Good, um, good. But it's so good. I love it. Um, speaking of coaches, I know that you do this work. I don't know if you, um, I know you gave the beautiful caveat, which I appreciate at the beginning that you also work with parents. So if someone really resonates with your message, which I can't imagine why they wouldn't, because I do, um, can you share with us like where they can find you? You obviously have a podcast, like where do they listen to it? Um, we do, we have a lot of a population as well as homeschoolers, um, educators. So please share where our people can find you. We'd love that. 
Sure. So first of all, I would like to gift your audience with something that I, I'm really excited about. I created a beginner guided meditation series <laughs> for folks who are feeling like I can't do meditation. I don't have time for this. I don't know how to do this. This is something that I created specifically for you. So that is a gift for anybody who wants, wants it. It's totally free at empowerededucator.com slash meditations. And you can actually listen to it on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. Um, and it's a private podcast feed just for you. So that is there for your audience. If you're interested in, if you're meditation curious, <laughs> that's, that's go into you. the pond of enlightenment. Yeah, that's so exactly. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. And so uh, other ways to get in touch, you know, I do work in a 360 model with school communities, which include teachers, administrators, office staff, paraprofessionals and support staff and parents, because the only way that we're going to be able to support our kids is if we take care of ourselves. So there are several resources that are available for parents. So if you go to empowerededucator.com slash resources, they are all there. I often do parent workshops as well. You can find me on Instagram at Jen Rafferty underscore on Facebook at the Empowered Educator Faculty Room. And my podcast is Take Notes with Jen Rafferty. And you can listen to that on all of the major podcast platforms. Sweet girl. Oh, man. I mean, how amazing to see the transformation you've gone through personally. That's the other like freaking awesome thing about this. I think I... Like we get great feedback on the podcast, but even if no one like listened, I think I would I would keep doing it just because I think I become a better person by hearing these incredible stories and just seeing what's possible out there if you just put a little bit of intentionality and a little bit of on purpose in your life. And to your point, no one has the answers. And it's not until someone go extends beyond themselves to get uncomfortable do we find the answers that we're seeking, which we have the capacity for. And it's great just to hear that because it starts to spark the what's possible for everyone listening. So um, you've been a joy. I knew from the second we got on, I was just going to love this. And um, I can't wait to consume your content personally because you're my type of girl. So you have a new friend. Um, yes, thank you again for being on. This was oh, wonderful. Yes. And parents, a big thank you to you as well. Um, I'm so motivated by the responses that you guys give us and the fact that you feel like this res resonates and helps you move forward. And I just wanted to put out the put it out there, guys. We are here for you. The more you tell us what you want to learn and are interested in, I go find incredible people like Jen so that they can come and share some info with us and help us grow. So until the next perfect time, you guys stay beautiful and stay inspired. Take care, y'all. See you.